Hey friends, this is John White with Stories from the Revolution, episode 81. Actually, I think I'm going to start calling this um, Stories from the Relational Revolution, which is uh, giving credit to the most recent book that we have published. Haven't done an episode in quite a while. I've just been waiting on the Lord for direction and timing, and my sense is that he has given me some direction. It's based on the idea that there are lots and lots of people coming to Luke 10 these days, um, literally hundreds of people coming, wanting to go through Church 101, wanting training and wanting connection and relationship. And so it's a good time to kind of go back and talk about maybe the roots of Luke 10. Where did we come from? Uh, what are the major influences that have shaped the way that we are thinking about what God is up to today? So this is the first of a whole number of episodes. Um, I want to explore with you some of the sources of our thinking, of our values, of our DNA. So for instance, I want to talk about the Hebraic roots of the Christian faith. Um, when was the first house church? When did that happen? How did that happen? Um, I want to talk about Roger Gehring's book, uh, House Church and Mission, again, the early church. Uh, Jim Wilder, the, the role that He's played the things that we've learned from Jim and Life Model Works and a lot more. But I want to start today with just a basic question about what is Luke 10? And um, I would describe it simply as a community of people connected by a similar DNA. And the, the book that's been helpful for our thinking about this is a book called The Starfish and the Spider came out a number of years ago. It's a great way to think about organizations. The basic idea is that there are two sort of forms of organizations. There's the spider type and the starfish type. So a spider is an organism that is, um, is connected through the head. So if you cut the head off of a spider, the spider dies. Um, the DNA is really in the, the head, the central part of the spider. And there are organizations like that. They're very centralized. So the U.S. Army, the Catholic Church, um, General Motors, these are uh, organizations connected through the hierarchy. That's the key idea. It's the, it's the organizational structure that really uh, holds things together. But then there's a whole other kind of organism called a starfish and as you know, I'm sure the idea that if you take a starfish and cut them in half, throw them in the ocean, what do you end up with? Two starfish. The DNA is scattered throughout the organism. Um, and, and so there are organizations like that. So, for instance, uh, the abolitionist movement was very much diffused. There wasn't a central organization holding all that together. Uh, Al-Qaeda. Uh, the, the terrorist organization was like that. The Apache Indians, um, the, the Spanish could never conquer the Apache Indians because they could never find the headquarters of all of that to, to destroy it. So fascinating metaphor, starfish and spiders. So Luke 10 is a hybrid, but it's more, more towards the end of the starfish. That is what holds us together is our DNA. DNA is another way to talk about values and practices. What are the core values? We have like five core values that we'll be talking about. Um, and then there are practices. How do we live these things out? And, and so what we do is basically for people that are interested, 
is we train people in these basic values and practices. We impart the DNA. Oftentimes we talk about Luke 10 as being like a benevolent virus. We all know what a virus is like and how easily a virus spreads. Think of COVID. But what if there was a benevolent virus that had really uh, positive characteristics, but it spread like a virus, almost like it's as easy as uh, sneezing on somebody. And so that's what we're seeing happening is this benevolent virus is literally spreading across the country and around the world. Um, so it's a whole different way of thinking about how the kingdom expands. I think it's much more like what the early church was like. Uh, there wasn't some big central organization. So starfish and spider. Um, the other thing that I want to say, some of you may be very familiar with this. So I want to talk about the, the Luke 10 vision and mission. When we say vision, we talk about this is what God has put on our heart for what would happen out there, outside of the organization. And our vision statement is this. We want to fulfill the Great Commission by seeing a vibrant family of Jesus in easy access of every person in every region, every people group on earth. So this is like a big vision, big in caps. Um, fulfill the Great Commission. So Jesus said, as you're going into the world, make disciples of all of the people groups of all the nations. Um, but the question is, how did Jesus do that? I mean, I can think of lots of human beings, lots of leaders that have come up with their strategy for fulfilling the Great Commission. And it was a long time before it occurred to me to ask the question, how did Jesus do that? Did he have a strategy? And I think he did. I think we see that strategy, first of all, in Matthew chapter 10. What happens there? Jesus calls 12 together uh, to himself, and he sends them out two by two to do what? So he's got like six teams of two men each, sends them out to do what? When you go into a town or village, find the house that God has prepared. Impart the virus of the kingdom there, the DNA there in that house. And then sometime later, maybe a year later, we don't exactly know the chronology, we come to Luke chapter 10. And in that chapter, Jesus calls 72 others to himself. Uh, my picture is the 72 plus the 12. Picture 84 guys. Um, maybe they're sitting on a, on a hillside. And Jesus is speaking to them. And he pairs them up. Um, you know, you two go together. You two go together. So he's now got 42 church planting teams of two men each. And it says he sends them out to every town and village where he was going to go. To do what? Find the house of peace. Again, the idea of uh, a God-prepared home. And in that setting, impart the virus of the kingdom, uh, heal the sick, um, cast out demons, and say the kingdom of God has come near here. So that's why we think, and that's a fact why we originally named this community, this organization, Luke 10, because it really reflects Jesus's strategy for fulfilling the Great Commission. So that's what our vision is, what we want to see happen out there in the world. The mission statement is what has to happen in here in order for that to happen out there. Our mission statement is to connect and equip spiritual mothers and fathers. Why? Well, since our vision statement is vibrant families of Jesus, and what we know is that the critical component in a vibrant family are the parents of that family. Um, in general, 
a family is about as healthy as the parents are. So our focus is on equipping spiritual mothers and fathers. There are two verbs in the mission statement, connect and equip. And so there's the connect part. There's the relational part. There's a sense of community. But then there's the equipping part. And that's what we do through Church 101, uh, leader teams. We have a new name for leader teams. We call them uh, communities of practice through facilitator training. I have a lot more to say about that as we go on. But that's the vision. And notice that it's both uh, mothers and fathers. Um, Every family needs mothers and fathers, we think. And so it's not just limited to men, but we think that that women have an equally critical part of the, the whole thing that Jesus is up to. So it has been so exciting. We started like almost 16 years ago to see how this has developed. The Lord has been teaching us uh, different um, insights on how to do this. That's what I'll be talking about in, in future episodes. And he's been bringing people to us. We pray the 10 to be prayer prayer that Jesus taught in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 2, part B, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. That's our main strategy, is beseeching the Lord of the harvest and then paying close attention to the people that God sends us. And he's sending us people all the time. It's just amazing to see the hunger that is out there. Um, We think the Lord is really, is developing a whole new paradigm of church. And that paradigm really is what we think was the New Testament was about. Okay, one last thought I want to say here. We, we do talk about vibrant families of Jesus. Sometimes we talk about house churches. Originally, when I moved out of the traditional church background, I was a pastor for 25 years. I was, I was kind of negative about traditional church models. And I kind of swung all the way over to the other side of house church. And I think the Lord's bringing me back uh, to say that even in the context of a traditional church, If the focus is on developing uh, each household into a vibrant family of Jesus, it can happen in a a large context. I'll have more to say about that, but I want you to know that it's not an either or, it's a both and. So that's that's the beginning part. That's sort of the overview of what Luke 10 is. Uh, In my next episode, I'm going to talk about uh, an, an insight, sort of an aha that happened to me about the idea of the the home as the center of spiritual life um, based on the Hebraic culture of the first century. So I'll unpack that in the next um, uh, episode. This is something that I didn't learn in seminary. I don't know, my seminary professors were living in a particular paradigm of what church was. It never occurred to them, at least as far as they taught me, to ask the question, what exactly happened um, in, in the home of Priscilla and Aquila or Nympha or Stephanus when they met together for church. Never talked about that. So we'll unpack that here. But again, welcome back to the stories from the relational revolution. Glad to have you with us. More to come. <laughs>